Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a journey down the rabbit hole of rock and roll's past, present, and future. It's Barstool Rockers with your hosts, Jim Finn and Dan Michaels. Hey, oh. that, that music, that, that opening music. Yes. Which thanks, Deja, uh-huh. for creating that. Yeah. she using a Schecter on that? That's certainly not an ESP. And that's, that's not a Fender Strat. That's, that's not a is Les that, Paul. That, that's, a, that, that's definitely a Schecter. It's a Schecter! Which brings us to our Barstool Rockers podcast episode for today. We're talking to Michael Cervallo, who created the Beauty in Chaos album, and that's the name of the band, too, and uh, quite the musical trip. With so many guest stars on it, and just nice to hear... Including... Robin Zander, Cheap Trick. (laughs) Which, Which I point out, I have to point out that if it wasn't for the contributions... Of said person who makes our music, we wouldn't be doing this right now. Be off the this, was, this was yeah. her. This was her suggestion, and a very good one at that. He teamed up with Robin Zander. Wait, no. But seriously, it's refreshing to hear this new musical project, Finding Beauty in Chaos, because it's just Dan. I got to tell you, I mean, we say this a lot when we hear some of these artists and their latest project. We usually say, "Well, it's, it's good, or it's great, or it's awesome, or whatever." But this is definitely filling a niche. Yeah, for you know? sure. And we've got all this great music coming out right now that doesn't get played on the radio because it doesn't fit the format correctly. But there's, you know, we've talked about it in the past and I'm, I'm going to go exactly where I will normally go with, you know, like the prog rock, especially since Cruise to the Edges this week mm-hmm. and we're not on it. <sighs> but we've got what? things from the whole Mike Portnoy, Neil Morse epicenter mm-hmm. coming out. Projects like that yep. that should be getting heard. And there are things on there that are, in my opinion, much better than what we're getting now. Yeah. Got to broaden your minds every once in a while. So, yeah, not listening to just what the radio gives you right. is a good thing. And I mean, this, I know you you had to take a break from all that Maroon 5 that you were listening yes, to. Yes, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Nickelback should be damn happy Maroon 5 is out there. That's for sure. Oh, are you going to take the hate mail or is that going to be me? All right. Barstoolrockers at gmail.com. I'm calling for Finn. This is Michael Servo at Beauty and Chaos. Hey, Michael. How you doing? Thank you for calling this morning um, so early. I know these aren't really good hours for musicians this early. And I actually picked the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> well, you what's are, your suggestion? You are an executive too, so it's actually when I picked it, I didn't realize it was going to be the morning after my wife and I's twentieth anniversary. So oh no, a tad, fu- a tad fuzzy. 
<laughs> well, happy anniversary yeah, and, and you, congratulations <laughs> on making a, a landmark that a lot of folks in the business don't ever see. Yeah. Speaking of 20 years, it's been 20 years you've been president of Schechter Guitar Research? Uh, man, maybe longer than that. I think it was 90. When I was officially or, or took the title, ordained. Yeah, you, yeah. Were, you were kind of handpicked, weren't you? Yeah, me, uh, a couple other people. It was pretty small back then. What have the big changes been over the years that you've seen at Schechter? Just growing, doing something that you uh, with four people, and suddenly fast forwarding, and now there's 44 people working, and everybody that you try to, to look at as a family, and everybody being musicians, and just kind of taking something you love, which is the guitar, and going, it's a it's a business also, and it, it means to support yourself and your family and everything. So it's, it's an, it, I've had my ebbs and flows with the instrument like that, looking at it as a something that I grew up just wanting to play, and, you know, the be-all, end-all, and then when that thing also becomes sort of a widget right. that you sell. But doing this record has kind of put it back to me in my you know head and heart where it should be. Well, now, how the hell do you find time to work on an awesome musical project like Finding Beauty in Chaos when you got so much going on at Schechter Guitar Research? Lots of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, at Schechter, we have, is where I put my studio. So we have like two two separated buildings. So the studio's there and it's just staying, you know, it's ending a day and walking to the other building and going in the studio and trying to sort of shift gears. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's some, it's, it's good and bad. I live close, but being in the same place for 15, 16 hours, you know, has its downfall. Oh yeah. uh, Doing that, I mean, which is why the record took, you know, I think I was trying to calculate. It was definitely a year of our life and, Probably pretty close to uh, 1,200, 1,300 hours doing this. So, yeah, it's, uh, you, you find time to do, do something that's important. I got to tell you, brother, this is an awesome project that you have cooked up, uh, Finding Beauty in Chaos. Just an amazing uh, batch of music that you've created here. Because it, it, what's cool about it for me is that it, it blends all these different styles, you know, it, it's got a little bit of the, the shoegaze and a, a little bit of the darker goth rock thing, but it is not afraid to be heavy. And it's, it's just, it's something that I think there is a void out there in the music world right now. And this definitely fills it. Well, well I appreciate that. That uh, is definitely what, I wanted to do with this and trying to keep it with, you know, I mean, those styles are just stuff I grew up with. So I'm not, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of cut my teeth on the, the goth glam stuff and it's just doing, we wanted it to be cohesive, you know, which is something I kept me and Michael Rosa and my dear friend and producer, we kept going, we need to kind of keep some common threads. So this doesn't just sound like, a collection of songs. KTEL, hits of the 80s, are having it to where, you know, I mean, to sit there and go, uh, I'm sure it's the first time Ice-T and uh, Wayne Hussey from the Mission have been on the same oh, record yeah. together. But but doing that and kind of having it seem like a, a, a cohesive piece of work, uh, you know, so we spent a lot of time, th- you know, keeping those common threads and, you know, the, the running order of the record, like, you know, dating myself, like if someone actually would have put a vinyl on what they were going to do, Led Zeppelin 
three and listen to it top to bottom. Not that anybody's going to listen to 80 minutes of music like that anymore. And that goes all up the window as soon as someone hits shuffle. But in my, my brain, that's how I like to think everybody's listening to it. But yeah, I, I think we accomplished that. Um, most of the people that I speak to about it, you know, use the word cohesive, which I think is, you know, is fantastic that we did kind of what we wanted to do. You talked in a couple different interviews about when it comes to vinyl in this project, there's the black side and the white side. You know, that, that is a, a nod, the actual two nods to my early recollection of having a Queen record. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember it was Queen 1, side black and white. So when, when sitting down and looking at this, as you know, it, it kind of exploded to 14 songs. I, I certainly didn't sit down and go, you know, hey, a debut record from an unknown band project or whatever we're going to do a double record uh but it just kind of grew into that and uh trying to to pace the songs that do that are a bit diverse uh we just kind of went you know and and again looking at people's time going okay someone may not listen to 80 minutes top to bottom but maybe if we broke this into two albums and it allowed me to kind of pace it to where it seems fit and and kind of went with the black record being uh, a bit of the heavier stuff and then taking the, the white record uh, and making that a little bit of the, the darker, uh, gloomier stuff yeah. and then kind of using that to help try to, to separate it slightly. The black queen and the white queen. I think I think you and I grew up listening to the same type of music. Cause I, There's you, another one. If you look at the, uh, the other liner note, it says, uh, if you remember on those first couple of Queen records and no synthesizers used, dude, I was, that on there too. <laughs> I was just going to bring that. I was just going to say that. That's exactly what I was thinking because you just made the Queen reference. And I was like, I think I read about you making this comment about the no synthesizers used on this album. And, and that just takes me back to my days as a, as a teenager listening to all those g- great Queen albums. And yeah, and just to make a note, this was before the big Bohemian Rhapsody being everywhere. So right. I wasn't jumping that bandwagon. You're not jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I mean, the idea, I, I did go into this going, I wanted to have something orchestrated and I wanted those sounds and textures to be from a guitar, not a keyboard. I just, I want, you know, we worked real hard with tons of different guitar pedals and devices and ebos and things to manipulate the guitar as opposed to just pressing a, a white plastic key and getting an orchestra. So there, there are definitely sounds on there that people still doubt me uh, that are not keyboards, but, you know, uh, everything on there we manipulated. And so that, that kind of went, okay, so that, that's where this has been in the back of my head. Uh, but, yeah, no sense on this one. <laughs> now you're you're not one of those speed freak guitar players who does all the weedly weedly stuff. You're much oh. more methodical about that. I mean, I, I think it. I grew up watching. You know, I, I picked up guitar because seeing T Rex and David Bowie and Slade, and then the New York Dolls and stuff like that on those late night TV shows. And you know, while a couple of my friends were sitting there with Zeppelin or a Yes record or Moody Blues. And, and playing that stuff, Robin Trowell, and it just was, I picked up the guitar and couldn't do it, but I swung the guitar low, and I could do Johnny Thunders, you know? <laughs> just So, I don't know, maybe it was my uh, 
what I, I jumped into as a kid that sort of stunted my guitar growth, you know, for good or bad. But I, it, I just never migrated to that, that type of guitar playing, the, the, you know, the, the multiple notes. And I mean, at Schechter, we have, you know, I'm friends with, you know, what people consider guitar heroes, Zach Wilde, Sinister Gates and all. And those guys do that extremely well. Just not something I, I can do. Uh, and just that's ne never been part of my style, uh, good or bad. So I just kind of work within what I know. And I, I, you know, guitar players like Mick Ronson to me say more with one note right. and, you know, Ingve Momstein sounds with a thousand, yeah. you know. You mentioned T-Rex and you got a cover of a T-Rex tune on Finding Beauty and Chaos, which you cooked up with Al Jorgensen. Um, you, you two have been friends for a while, haven't you? I've probably known Al five or six years uh, when ministry started working with Schechter, but a, an interesting story with that, you know, my wife and I, one of our first dates was 93, we went to Lollapalooza oh, out here. Yeah. It's like our first go away, stay a weekend after we started dating, and we went to that show and ministry played, and it's kind of bizarre and a little surreal to fast forward I think it was 26 years later, Al's in our little studio singing that and just telling stories. And he's like, I want to come back tomorrow. I'm going to bring my harp. And he yeah. came back the next night and wanted to do, showing us how, let's, let's run this microphone into this amp and get this distorted harp sound. And yeah, there, there's definitely some surreal moments on that. But uh, Al certainly made that track, you know, finding out he was also a T-Rex fan. Uh, you know, he, it's it's hard for Al to sing on anything and not have it have that you know ministry sound. Yeah, well, there's lots of guest musicians on this, um, along with Al. There's Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, Simon Gallup from The Cure, Doug Pinnock of King's X, Michael Anthony, and boy, that track with uh, Pinnock and uh, Ice T. I swear to God, you guys need to quit your day job and just. <laughs> And sure. just do this. Just do this. Um, it, when, when did you start making calls to enlist some of these people for this project? You know, we, uh, a little over a year ago, probably a year and a half now since the record's been out, four months, I was doing a record with the, the band I was in, uh, Human Drama, which we moved out from New Orleans, and we decided we were going to get all the original guys back together and, and make a new record. Been the first record in a, a decade. And starting to do that record, I kind of realized that they had gone, you know, either grown up and I didn't or something. It just went a, a different direction. And my engineer, Michael, who ended up producing this turn, said, why don't you do your own record? Because he could sense I was getting frustrated. So at that point, I just started, we started writing the music and I just started reaching out, you know, to people. I think I saw Doug at the NAMM show and hey man, doing, doing our record, you know, would, uh, I got uh, something heavy in mind. Would you, you want to be part of it? Would you sing? And it's like, man, love to work with you. And it just kind of went down the road like that. So I had some people in mind and then, uh, as we started doing the music, just sort of listened back to what the track sounded like and went, that would be really good to send to Doug. That would be great to send to, to Wayne Hussey. And it, it just kind of went that way as opposed to writing for someone in mind. But, you know, to be clear, all the singers, they all did their own lyrics. I basically just kind of gave them a, 
a little quick synopsis of what Finding Beauty in Chaos meant to me and what the cover was going to be. And they ran with it, some more literal than others. But, uh, yeah, it was it was nice that to hear some of these people that are, you know, I consider friends, but when you step back a bit and you go like, holy shit, Robin Zander, that's, he's saying surrender. He's dream police. He's, I want you to want me. And then have to, to put the hat on back of going contemporary musician working with him. A little hard not to, to fanboy. Oh, at some time during this. I, I totally hear you. I totally would have crapped my pants. I'm a I'm a huge Cheap Trick fan, so the thought of being in the same studio with Robin Zander working on something, I, I, I can't he, even imagine. He was the first one, the first track that we did. Drifting uh, was sort of a, a, a song I had floating around. So when I first when I you know put my foot in my mouth and went, yeah, I'll do my record. Uh, and it was like real. So I went, okay, I have this song. And uh, I reached out to Robin and he was on tour and uh, I sent him the track. I had some rough lyrics to that one, uh, but he completely redid them, which was you know great. And he was working with me kind of singing into his phone while playing the track on his microphone on, on his laptop and sent, it was really low tech, but he really worked hard on the uh, arrangement idea. And he's like, I think it was like, hey, in two weeks, I'm at the forum. I can come in the next day. So wow. this guy, you know, after, you know, just killing it at the forum, shows up the next morning, like 11 a.m., and just belts it. You know, it, it, it's pretty awe-inspiring awe to watch somebody just come in and just open his mouth, and it's like sheer perfection. I mean, I think Robin has one of the greatest rock and roll you know, American rock and roll voices ever. Definitely. And he's superhuman. I mean, that guy, I mean, he's been screaming his lungs out since the seventies and he's still got it. It's amazing. Yeah. We, uh, I've seen him quite a few times lately and he's never off. He's, uh, you know, he doesn't, they're not drop tuning to, you know, bring a song down a, a step so he can sing it. He doesn't go under notes. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, you know, crazy. That's a real singer. Yeah, definitely. How did you end up with Michael Anthony on that track then as well? I thought I saw that he was singing backups on that one. Yeah, I mean, Michael, uh, I, I met him through Schechter. We, we, we do a Michael Anthony signature bass. He's really good friends with uh, one of the guys that runs our custom shop. And I just became friends with Michael and just started going, you know, listening to the Robin track and going, and I asked Michael if he'd ever been on a song with Robin. And he's like, no, we've probably played hundreds of shows with Cheap Trick, you know, from his Van Halen days and also his stuff he does with Sammy. And I said, man, would you like to come in and, and sing on that? He went, oh, that'd be great. And he came in and just did his, you know, I, I didn't grow up a huge Van Halen fan. That was just, you know, I, I was more at that point when Van Halen was big, I was into the, the you know, the goth stuff, Sisters, Cure, Furs, stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I respect Van Halen for what they changed in music and everything. And he just came in and did his parts on top, and uh, it, it just melts perfect. And, uh, again, something kind of, I look back and go, wow, we I, this record actually put... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Those two guys who have very recognizable voices uh, together. So I got to ask if there's a no Van comment. Halen reunion. <laughs> Is it a real Van Halen reunion without Michael? I don't think, I think it will be, the next one will be with. I'll leave it at that. I certainly hope so. All right. Just yeah, to- I, I mean, it, it should be. I mean, if you're going to go back at this point in your life, I mean, that, that's what people are going to want to see, yeah. you know? It'll sell huge. But I think it'll happen. It'll sell huge. Just to reiterate for the people that are listening today, we're talking about this musical project called Finding Beauty in Chaos, which if you want to order, you can go to the website beautyinchaosmusic.com. This is definitely one of the the best albums I have heard in I don't know how long. Just because, Michael, it is it's just it's just so different. Like I mentioned before, I think it's going to fill a void for those people looking for something unique. Now, is there any chance, any chance at all of you guys taking this out on the road, doing this live? You know, I, I, going into it, it, it wasn't something that was on my radar. I, I felt that the stuff had sort of a cinematic quality and I was, I really wanted to see it in like TV and pictures and stuff like that. I felt it, it sort of painted a picture that way. And there was a song, uh, Bloodless and Fragile was actually in, in The Purge uh, a couple of months ago. But I, I guess I, I'm starting to think about it more than I, I thought I would. And uh, it just, with all those people's schedules, it's, I'm, you know, figuring if, if it's actually possible. I would never have one singer out and go, hey, let's just sing all the songs. I think that would really cheapen the, the entire work. Uh, but I, I think there's a possibility of some of the singers in doing something. It, it seems like the logical next step. I think that'd be cool. It'd be cool to see this live. Now you talk about, uh, you did some of this, some of the recording together, but a lot of it you did remotely across the world in some uh, instances. Is there a big vibe difference when it comes to that? Do you, do you find yourself having to try to explain more to musicians when they're thousands of miles away, what the vibe is that you're trying to achieve, or is it just kind of an organic, let it flow and adapt? I think it was very organic on this because I mean, I sent complete music tracks. So I I think it set a tone or where it it should be with the singers. And I mean, the people that are on this, you know, I, I, I respect so much as, you know, not only a, an artist and vocalist, but also their, their lyrics, which, you know, to me is still really important, which is why 
the lyrics are printed in the album and the CD and everything like that. So I really let them take the reign on this. These songs are definitely co-written with each of the, the singers. Uh, and there was a mixture. I mean, Robin and Al sang in the studio. Doug sang at his house, but played bass in our studio. And then, you know, Wayne Hussey has a studio in San Paulo. Ashton Knight has his studio. So, yeah, there was this technology thing, but uh, these everybody were pros, you know, except maybe me. <laughs> and they just did their stuff. Um, and it every time it came back, you know, it just seemed perfect. And then, uh, some, there was something magical about it. It was never... It, it, it all it all came together extremely, almost too easy, which I, I guess is the way music should be. And there's the Gene Loves Jezebel connection with Aston on uh, Finding Beauty in Chaos. And you kind of made it into a, a family affair, too. Your wife contributed and your daughters, correct? Yeah, the da- our, our daughters, Nicole and Sophia, are on the cover, and they... I, drug them in the studio to do hand claps. <laughs> but, but Tish sings uh, the real shoegaze track, Look Up, and she plays bass on two other songs. Nice. So it was, yeah, I, I, I really, as it, for about a fleeting min, minute, it was, okay, I'm going to do a solo record. But like we talked about earlier, that I, this was never going to be, me be, let's do an instrumental or here's a guitar player doing a solo record, a guy who could barely sing, but he's going to sing and he's going to, you know, let's set up the guitar. So that was never what I wanted to do on this. So I really wanted to evolve into a a lot of people. Uh, And it's something I I do hope that continues to evolve and hopefully whatever accolades or critical, you know, that anybody saying I like this record, I hope it opens the doors that a few other, you know, people maybe outside my circle uh, will end up being part of it. Because I, I, I do see this continuing. Now you talk about the, the term beauty and chaos. A lot of folks may look at that on the surface and say, how do you define that? You know, to me, uh, the title was spurred from a photo that a friend's of mine that lives in Pennsylvania, their hobby is going to shoot abandoned buildings. Like they go out into the, the woods and like, here's an old factory that's just been shut down for 20 years. And he sent me a couple and it was just sort of like trees and plants and stuff were kind of, it was almost like nature was taking it back. And so I looked at this picture and this, this building looked like it had been, you know, hit with an, uh, a drone and just burnt out. But, there was like trees and vines growing through it. So I, it just struck me as like, uh, you know, not to get philosophical, but everything you listen to today, uh, social media, news, everything is uh, religion, politics, uh, you know, hate. And it was just, it just seems that there's so much chaos. I looked at that picture and it just struck me like, you know, here's something beautiful in the midst of this, you know, world going crazy. And uh, the, the, the idea of putting my, my daughters on the cover is they're the beauty in the chaos that I see around me. And the, the title, Finding Beauty in Chaos, I think everybody's beauty that or what they, they hang their hat on at the end of the day is different. You know, it could be religion. It could be a relationship. It could be, unfortunately, some people, it could be drugs or money or power. Whatever their, their beauty is, that, that was sort of what I vision for this record and that was the the fuel for me to do it and it's 
it's also looking past what's obvious and looking beneath the surface too a little bit as far as the music goes because you you hear all this chaos right up front but then if you listen a little deeper and concentrate you'll find out there's something else happening back there that you may not notice if you don't take the time to look yeah it is that definitely was a, a part of creating what was basically soundscapes before each of these singers took them and added lyrics and melody to you know there are there are bursts of really clean uh chorus guitars and and synth like textures and, so, and then there are these like heavy bursts of you know really uh treated and uh interference sounding guitars and textures that you know in chord changes that i think do invoke a bit of tension which is the chaos. So I think each of the songs we try to inject uh, both of those elements into it, you know, and, and never took it as like, oh, this is just a straight pop structure. Oh, let's not have that abrasive sound there. That kind of, we, we almost, we did that on a lot of instances purposely to uh, have a bit of this uneasiness. Or if something's uneasy, kind of go back to, you know, something really sweet melodically or, or tone. Well, I know one thing for sure that uh, this kind of brings both of your worlds together. Anastasia, the gal who does our um, our theme music, she composed it in GarageBand and used a Schecter guitar, and she finds ways to make music on that that she can't find on any other instrument. So there's oh, definitely a beauty in chaos with the Schecter and this music for certain. Well, ninety percent of the ninety-five percent of the guitars on the record are, are Schecter. I think I used an Ovation acoustic, and then some uh, an electric sitar on one song. But yeah, you know, guitars are, are tools, and uh, you know, thankfully I had some different stuff at, at my disposal for this, as, along with a an amazing producer and a ton of uh, guitar pedals. So we had a lot of fun. I mean. That, that was a, you know, listening back to the record, it, it is heavy in not just musically, just like subject and everything, uh, but we had a lot of fun making it. And uh, that, that definitely was a throwback to when I first started playing music. It, it, it was fun. And uh, it's it it kind of nice for that to come back. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you think it's best to listen to this Instead of listening to it track by track, to listen to it from top to bottom, from beginning to end. Am I wrong uh, about I mean, that? I certainly set out to do that, you know, and certainly not comparing this to Dark Side of the Moon, but that was a record that was designed to listen top to bottom. It was a journey. Mm. And as foolishly, it, you know, as I could be on this, I, that's, that's how I went about creating it. We spent a lot of time with the track order and, and how this should go into this. But, you know, unfortunately, the, the way to, people consume music today is so different. You know, as soon as you put that in, you, you hit shuffle if it's a CD, you know, that's out the window. And, you know, the whole Spotify, uh, Apple Music and everything, I, I really bucked doing that for a while, even with my, even though my kids, uh, you know, two teenage girls like dad, you have to be on Spotify. You have to, that's the, you know, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm showing my age, but no, uh, I'm right there with you. I'm a hard copy <laughs> kind of guy. I have to have an, I have to have vinyl or a CD. I'll even 
cope with a cassette, but that's, I'm a hard copy kind of guy. It, it, it was kind of refreshing. Like we had the vinyl press at a, a local pressing plant, uh, near us, uh, called rainbow. And, uh, they have 15 press pressing machines, really these old antiquated things that they've gotten from Europe. But the place runs six days a week, 24 hours a day. Mm. There's that much vinyl being pressed. Yeah. And they even still had a, a cassette duplicating room running <laughs> that there were some uh, cassette only labels out there. So there is certainly hope. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it'll never return to, you know, the way it was when we were younger, but right. uh, there is a resurgence in vinyl. I mean, it certainly sounds different uh, than digital stuff. Now, do you but, find with the vinyl, do you have to master differently? Because a lot of the digital stuff is just mastered for volume. And if you look at it on a computer, it looks like somebody ran a lawnmower across the top of it. Whereas the, the classic vinyl all breathed and it had movement to it. We had two separate people master. We, we definitely took this uh, to a gentleman named David Cheppa, who, who does like Dr. Dre stuff, and he did Star Wars, and he did all these bizarre uh, vinyl records that just sounded great, that, that do have uh, dynamics in it. You know, it, it, I think when it came to the digital stuff and they started doing CDs on radio, everybody wanted everything to be as loud as it could be. So it just beat every dynamic range out of it. So, yeah, we, we definitely mastered for digital and had a, a different person whose forte, uh, you know, was mastering for vinyl. And they do sound different. Uh, and this project sounds good with dynamics. Yeah, I mean, this isn't Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, where it's full throttle from the first beat. It's uh, very layered, so, very layered. Yeah, And I, I think... It, it loses something when it is completely squashed. And, and I think this record even came, I, I was really happy even the way the CD sounded. Uh, the gentleman that uh, did the digital mastering certainly understood that, that we weren't just trying to have this pegged and, uh, you know, work with it. We wanted something that had a, a, a lull or, um, in it to, to be that. I, I think that was the cool thing about vinyl is, is those ups and downs, and I think the little bit of space in between songs, I think it it kind of uh, gave your ears just like this little Breather. rest or yeah. something, and it, something about it just worked. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it was a monumental task to go, here's our first thing, here's a double vinyl, it's a gatefold, it's printed and everything, and, uh, you know, hopefully the next thing that we do uh, is the little indie label that I'm doing this on. Uh, they love vinyl and, uh, I, I think we'll do it on that too. But, uh, just to give you a jump ahead, we, the, the next thing we are doing is a remix record. And, uh, that's, I took the tracks and we gave them to different producers. Uh, some of the artists that are on the record, a couple of like DJs, uh, and they kind of did some interesting reinterpretations of, the tracks. Uh, we even re-recorded some stuff over. Uh, there's like an acoustic version with strings of storm and there's a piano version of the long goodbye. And then there's your typical four in the floor, you know, dance club version of songs. So it's, it, it's an interesting thing to do second after a, a first record, yeah. but, uh, 
it, it, it works. And there's going to be some surprises on it for sure. Do you have any more collaborations in the future planned? Well, on, on this remix thing, I actually brought Zach Wilde in and replaced my solo on the Doug Pendick track. So we have this <laughs> even heavier version that's going to be on the remix. Uh, and there will be an accompanying video to it also. Zach did his video stuff. Ice-T shot his stuff. And so that's a little cat out the bag. That's going to cool. be on the remix record of and, A Natural Disaster. And there will be many but, more notes then, too, correct? <laughs> yeah, Zach, Zach can play. He's a sweetheart of a guy and a wild man. And But watching him kind of construct a solo wasn't exactly what I... I, I thought he was going to just come in and I can play, just press go and rip. But it was he broke it into sections and worked out parts. And it was actually really interesting to watch somebody with that skill set uh, actually kind of write a guitar solo instead of just wing a guitar solo. Well, we definitely look forward to it. And I know I've got this one on loop now because I'm just so into it. Michael, we really appreciate uh, the time you took to chat with us today. And again, man, congratulations on, on putting this thing together and, and just creating beauty and chaos. Man, I, I appreciate it. Coming from you guys who hear a lot of stuff, kind of came from the, the same era or, you know, background in music. Uh, it means a lot that, uh, that you guys get it and enjoy it. So, I mean, that, it's not lost on me. Yeah, well, on behalf of Finn and, you know, Stasia, who, like I said, does our uh, our theme music and everything and, and just loves your product and all of those positive accolades I can send. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, guys. Have a great day. Well, a very articulate guy, cool to Absolutely. talk with. So and many more things we could talk about, but we have to be respectful and mindful of people's time. We could have spent at least another hour talking oh, yeah. to oh, Michael. Yeah. For sure. Great. He he's definitely has a lot of insight and a lot of great ideas. And, uh, and if it sounds interesting to you, again, just go to the website, beautyandchaosmusic.com. You can order the vinyl there. You can order the CD. He's got it all up for you. And I highly recommend it because this is this is really a phenomenal project. And if you want to find out more about Michael, you can go to the Schechter Guitars website, too. They've got quite a bit on him. Yeah, you know, I don't know how he finds time to do all this. This is almost like doing double duty on being a rock star. You are the president of Schechter Guitar Research, and then you're this rock star musician putting together cool projects. But it's got to be kind of cool. To say. He, he's got the vibe. He's got definitely, you see the pictures and the videos. He definitely is the guy. And who would you rather have as your president than the guy? The guy. The dude. The dude abide. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in on this one. If you want to find out more, you can go over to barstoolrockers.com. We'll have uh, links and all the info on the episode page. You can find out more about Beauty and Chaos Music. You can find out about Schechter, Michael, Tish, etc. Also, thank you, of course, we mentioned her during the episode, to Stasia for creating our theme music. And thanks to everyone for listening. If you're on Apple's website, please rate or review us. It helps it rise up through the ratings and uh, helps us get more listeners. So share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um, I'm the dude.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.